Hey, hey, come catch this wave with the fix squad. The fix is in. I'm Mr. Soul. I'm tuning in. What you doing? Got him. Real hip hop revealed that a fix. Pure you can feel it in the mix. Finally stop pushing the culture forward. This is it. Proceed at your own risk. Got him. Beats, bars, and life giving them truth in it. Scream a revolution when only a few minutes. My sentiments exactly everything that we do clutch. Another reason to turn the volume up. Sheesh, know what we stand on. Solid ground when we land. Say it's no use, the culture was out of hand. But now that I reach, we gotta stick to the plan. Dark days put the sunshine in it. Good news, I'm proof that it's living. Yeah, revolving the art, the shock, oh, with it. Keeping the beans on the block, don't miss it. Welcome to the city stand up. James left, but the king still reigns here. No tears, no love lost, no rain here. Delivers, I promise, Santa rain here. Love, love for the city still resides here. Fix for your ailment, faith that resides outside the lines. Detox your mind, cause it matters. Art, art outside the box, we paint better. The fix is in, and we rock a channel. We rock with them for what's deep within. Expose those who talk but don't live. Expose those who talk but don't live. Take offense, take offense. Judge by the fruit from the tree. But if the fruit tastes like the streets, and money is the fruit that they speak, so tell me whose face do they see? Repeat. Take offense, take offense. Judge by the fruit from the tree. But if the fruit tastes like the streets, and money is the fruit that they seek, so tell me whose face do they seek? Yes, sir. You tune back into the fix. Your source of faith infused hip hop, R and B, and poetry. It's your boy DJ Focus checking in. Hey, and it's your girl Dice Gamble in the building checking on in on this thirsting for the Lord and His righteousness Thursday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 right. Dice. We need him. righteousness. Don't are we? we are, are we praying this morning? Are we? Are we uh, hearing from the Lord clearly? So we we know what we need to do because I, I think sometimes we ain't hearing from Him. I be we, hearing. We, talk, we talked about asking this week, Dice. I think that's something we need to ask God for to make Sharing? sure we can. Yeah, we we, mm. we 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 understand His voice compared to the enemy voice because sometimes we think it's His voice and it ain't I mean, His voice. I know His voice. His voice just gets straight to the point. It do, don't it? Do enemy's voice is always contemplating and why and maybe and what if? It's like no, God's voice is clear. Yes, no, go this way. Don't stop. Quit jump up do it yeah god is direct like like honestly for those of you who are lost and you're like i don't know if that's my voice or the god is super direct he don't play there's no time for questioning you know what i'm saying what's the, what's the bible say uh double-minded man is unstable in all his ways but i i feel like if you can't hear god to your point focus maybe you need to ask god for some clarity like lord teach me how to hear you clearly but you and i both know that involves you getting in his word I need you to get my word. Understand how I talk, and then and then you understand when you hear me. Like you'll know better. <laughs> yeah, you'll know. Yeah, absolutely. So, mm-mm. women are awesome, first of all. And I I'll be real with you, the women go in on prayer. I mean, the men do too. But the, I'll be real with you. I've seen more ladies knock a demon out. <laughs> like it's just it is what it is, you know. But I love women like they pray over their families, they'll pray, pray over their children, they'll, they'll pray at church. Like, um, I definitely uh shout out to all things quest. I used to love like the women would go in and pray for each and every seat before people came in to church. Like, I mean, I'm talking in tears and on their knees, like really just praying that people are delivered and set free. Like, I don't know. The ladies just go they go in. They go they in. They definitely go in. I thank y'all for going in. Let's be very Mm -hmm. clear. My mom was definitely, and my grandmother, prayer warrior. Don't play. And um, sometimes we need those prayer warriors, those Mm -hmm. intercessors, as we call them, to just set the atmosphere 
Mm-hmm. I, I, I remember sometimes walking into my house, mm-hmm. and, and and it might be a little tension. Mm-hmm. Just Do you it. know, you know, just in general, you know, you know, adults have adult conversations, so you know, yeah, you know, it, it is what it is. But I could just remember my mom anytime it was mm-hmm. like thick, whether it be a family issue, whether it be something going on with some uh, one of the kids, she would just go into praying. Mm. And it just would just settle everybody's spirit, like get everybody back in the right spirit. My mm-hmm. mom used to always say that. Pray that spirit off you, baby, because that, that ain't the right spirit right now. Oh, yeah. You walk out that right door right like that, you, you, you're going to be in some trouble because you're going to go bust a mood. You yeah. ain't got no business doing. Well, <laughs> so, yes. My prayer, my prayer is that people would pray. Yeah, that's that's our connection. You know what I'm saying? The prayer is for us. You know, God don't need you to pray for him. You need to pray for you, <laughs> your community and the things you want. You know what I'm saying? And get your connection with God together and and download everything from heaven through prayer. Like as it is in heaven, let it be on earth. And it comes through our prayer. So I'm hoping that people really, really take notes today and just listen and just be like, man, I need to pray more. And here's the thing. All men who are praying, you guys are doing a great job. But it is something about a praying woman. I'm going to be honest with you right now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we we ain't down playing the priests and the prophets of the household. No, never that. I think y'all... Hey, when you talk about being evenly yoked in something, prayer life should be it. <laughs> no, no, let's be very clear. Y'all ain't praying for each other. Mm-hmm. Y'all ain't interceding for y'all babies mm-hmm. and y'all kids and your family yeah. loved ones. Mm-hmm. Y'all playing games. Yeah, uh, yeah prayer is, is powerful. So that's going to be off the hook. Yeah. And listen, Dice, we get an what opportunity to uh, have an uh, exclusive spiritual detox Ooh. with a Grammy Award winning uh, singer, songwriter, uh, Rock Nation representative mm-hmm. Victory. Well, I just feel like we should be able to borrow their Grammy for a while. I Ooh. feel like when they come on here, everybody, Diedrich, Chris Tomlin, Cece, I feel like we should be able to borrow your Grammy for like a week and take photos. With- <laughs> Can we take pictures with your winning? Just sit on the shelf, you know, take a little photo. That's it. Yeah. Can we, can we touch it? Can, uh, we hold can, it? We, can we hold it? Can we hold it? That's amazing. Listen, I can't wait because uh, we got a chance to see her. Me and you, Dice, we saw her at the Stellars. She performed at the Stellars, the 38th Annual Stellar Awards this year. And she so threw away. Was, yeah, she did. <laughs> you funny. Flew she right flew, on. She flew, flew right, right on. Away. Yeah, she got a new project out right now, <laughs> yeah. uh, the Glory Album. Forgive me, Glory Hour. Yeah. It's out right now. It, it's mm-hmm. amazing. So we're gonna talk yep. about everything dope she does, yeah. and uh, yeah, everything. She, she got a lot going on. So yeah, awesome. keep it locked for that. You tuned into the Fix. And the fix is in. Welcome back, DJ Focus, Dice Gamble. You tap back into the fix, your source of faith infused hip hop, R and B, and poetry, right here on Sirius XM Channel 154, Holy Culture Radio. Listen, it's time for our spiritual detox. And listen, we have a special guest on with us this morning. Uh, we were blessed to go to the 38th annual Stella Awards, and um, I did not even know everybody who was performing. But when I seen this young lady's name on there, I was excited because I was introduced to her maybe three or four years ago. She was just doing all type of covers like on social media and YouTube. And I was like, she's going to be special. Um, and I was grateful that the Stellars recognize how special she is. So without further ado, help me welcome in the super talented singer, songwriter, musician, Grammy Award winning Victory Boy. What's up, sis? Hey, thanks for having me, DJ. Listen, it's, it's all pleasure's all mine. Um, I, I just want to salute you. You you have a unique sound, and, and I'm grateful that uh, the for a long time, and you probably know this, the gospel has not been presented in all forms. I think it's been in a box. 
And yeah. let's be very clear. You breaking that box wide open. We already do it with what we do too as well. You know, of course, our, our platform is majority Christian hip hop, urban gospel. But mm. your sound, when you talk about that unplugged, that raw, just live performance, like I feel like we were missing that. So first, before we even get into the music, because I got so many questions about the music, share a little bit of your faith journey with the people, how you develop your relationship with Christ. Yeah. Well, uh, I was born into a Christian family. Um, you know, I didn't name my, I didn't name myself victory, you know, so that, that kind of foundation, even just from, from birth, uh, where, where my parents were intentional about, uh, declaring the truth of Christ over my life, even in my name. Um, you know, that made a big difference growing up. Uh, but it, it wasn't enough for my family's conviction, uh, to, to keep me in my journey, in my law, in, in, in my life. And I, you know, there were a series of, of wake up calls and, and coming uh, moments where I came to the end of myself, where I truly got to understand and come to know Christ personally. And, um, and from these various uh, experiences, I then developed my own faith and my own conviction and my own um uh love for god and my uh and a and a mission to um love him through the music that i make and uh and by glorifying him through through my craft and so that kind of became my my mandate ever since i was like 18 when i when i really had this really big wake up call and I, uh, the Lord, by the grace of God, allowed me to survive a traumatic accident um, wow. where where I broke my jaw, and my mouth was wired shut, and it was just mm. a series of like like I was I was crushed. I felt I lost my identity, and then that's where I, I encountered Christ for myself, and He as my Savior introduced Himself to me as a Savior in a tangible way. Sometimes it's hard to know that you need a Savior when everything is well, and you and you know you think you're good. Um, even and and sometimes you think you already have a Savior because you said the Lord's Prayer, but you're not living in a way where you're depending on a Savior. You it feels optional. It feels like you know whatever. But this was like life or death. If Jesus doesn't save me, I won't live. And Jesus wow. saved, yeah, and Jesus saved me. And so, and so then from there, it became my, my goal to become the, the greatest artist that I could possibly be. So that when I open my mouth to sing or to speak, people would listen. And when I also, when I open my mouth, they'll be able to sense the presence of God and receive the message of Christ from from me in whatever art form that I that I um, carry, and so yeah, that's that that was when I was eighteen, so about eleven years ago, and then um, and I've been growing in Christ and growing in my craft ever since. That's so powerful. You know, you come from a musical family. Share a little bit just of how you even got in into music with all, you know, I know your dad, uh, uh, you know, jazz musician and does everything. So just talk a little bit about that and just growing up. What was that like even growing up? And you're from, are you from Detroit, Michigan? Are you from Detroit? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so two questions within that one. One, growing up in the culture of your household already, your father and all your siblings and everybody already doing music. What was that like? And then please share from Detroit, 
we got the, the, the legendary Winans. We got the legendary, you know, the Clarks. Like, talk about that experience of just being in the same city where all that royalty from gospel has been for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's um, I it was my normal. You know, it, it, it's like if someone asks you to describe what it's like, you know, having one sibling or, you know, whatever circumstance you were born in that's all you know that's you think that is the whole world and right. so for me it was like normal to have eight siblings and we all sing together like a choir uh we uh every day at the dinner table we're we're like making music our dad is like beating on the table, doling out harmony parts to each person before you know it. We're singing in five and six part harmony on some song that he just created on the spot. Wow. And this is just a normal day in the life. It wasn't till I grew up to see that. Oh, no, this is like not everybody just. <laughs> That's not everybody's experience. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So uh, I definitely lean into my my upbringing you know and 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 the experience to really flow spontaneously flow in a pocket um flow in rhythm flow in um in lyrics whatever it may be um because that was that was literally how we how we grew up and so then me and my siblings uh became an an official band um, later on and we were all signed together later on um, and, and you know music as a family was just like our whole life um, and then you know Detroit again that was something that was normal I, I didn't think much of the fact that oh that's the Clark sisters church and oh the, the Winans church is right there and you know <laughs> to me that's just that's just just our city, you know, but wow. it wasn't just them. It was also, a, a, you know, Detroit is in terms of music. It's not just gospel legacy. It's, oh, Motown. It's, Absolutely. Motown. too. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, Aretha Franklin, uh, you know, of course, Marvin Gaye, Stevie Wonder, uh, just countless impactful um, life, you know, culture shifting artists across all genres of black music um you know can be found in detroit and so that again was was my normal it wasn't until we moved to new york that i realized that that wasn't exactly the case everywhere um and new york's got a lot of great culture as well but it's it still is not close uh to, to just like the normal state of things in Detroit you know and so even even when it comes down to musicians like I intentionally like to pull musicians from Detroit because there's just it's, there's a certain threshold that most everybody is at because it's Detroit Facts. Uh, Facts. <laughs> no no you tell the truth uh it's it's so many iconic legends musicians that have come from Detroit it's like you say it's normal to you but like yeah it's not normal for us if we don't live there so I appreciate you sharing that so yeah you, you know you talked about you know you just talked about briefly about you moving to New York talk about how you were discovered in New York before you got your record deal yeah yeah so 
my family migrated to the New York area uh, when the economy in Michigan really got bad and we weren't able to sustain our family through music anymore. And so our dad was like, well, let's move to a different economy where, you know, it, they're not they're not struggling like that. So right. what better economy than the New York City economy? And and so we, we came to New York and took our music straight to the streets, you know, uh, and we weren't waiting for, you know, to get any special invitations or phone calls. We took our um, performances. We sang in our four and five part harmony right there on the sidewalk in front of the Apollo Theater. Uh, you know, actually, it was a particular the, the year when James Brown died and they uh, were showing a viewing of his body at the Apollo Theater. And, and so we, my dad was like, let's go sing outside the Apollo Theater and people will, will hear us sing and um, that'll be good exposure for the kids. Um, and so that, that's where it started. And then eventually we started singing in Central Park and we would sing in the subways. We would sing all over the city. And New Yorkers really showed out. They supported us. We sold a lot of CDs. We were able to really fuel and sustain our, our music um, our music development and our music careers because of the generosity of New Yorkers, you know, and really validating our art form as kids. And so 10 years later, like I was 12 at that time, 10, 10 years of singing in these unorthodox ways. And then when I was 22, got discovered by Jay-Z um, through someone sending him a video of me singing in Central Park. And, 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 and he really loved it. And he showed interest in wanting to meet me. And, and then also he, once, once we met, then we introduced him to my brothers and sisters. And um, yeah, shortly thereafter we were signed. What was that moment like? You, you walking into a, a, a boardroom or office room and, and meeting Jay Z for the first time? Was it like <laughs> surreal? Like, like you, you, you was you like this? No, this is real deal. Huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. Definitely, it was. You know, I probably stumbled over a few words. I probably was speaking a hundred miles an hour, just like. Like so nervous, like okay, what am I gonna? I practiced everything I was gonna say, and I was gonna, you know, just all all the things. But um, but ultimately, you know, we were able to get over the nerves and and you know have a genuine exchange, a genuine experience, and yeah, and he was really blown away by um, by our story, but also our talent, and and yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, yeah, he probably could, uh, you know, relate to the story because you, you guys have been getting out the mud and really grinding and putting the work in. So, exactly. yeah, and, and I know that's what he's all about, too, as well. Listen, DJ Focus, we got to go to a quick break. We're coming right back with more from Victory Boyd. Keep it locked. You tune into The Fix. You know The Fix is in. New videos, music, articles, devos, and more. Stay connected. Get the app now so you don't miss a thing. 
visit holyculture.net. Welcome back. DJ Focus, Dice Gamble. You tap back into the fix, your source of faith-infused hip-hop, R&B, and poetry. Listen, we still have the super talented Grammy Award-winning Victory Boyd on with us. So, Victory, you know, you talked a little bit about, you know, meeting Jay-Z for the first time. When you sat down and you guys were talking about your creative process on how you were going to deliver your music, I, I want to know, was, did he did he have suggestions for you or did he kind of like give you room to kind of like uniquely do your own thing? One thing, um, there's a song on my first album called Broken Instrument. Mm-hmm. And um, and when he heard that song, uh, at first it was only two parts. And when he heard it, he's like, it sounds like you're trying to sing. Uh, you're, you're trying to sing everything. And it's like, there's so many words. It's, it's, it's a very long song because you're, you're attached to this idea of having to sing everything, but why don't you try speaking your story? And then I was like, you know, I'm not a rapper. He said, you might not be a rapper, but you are a poet. Yes. And so then that shifted my perspective. And so for the first time I, I, I started crafting poetry to speak. Um, instead of thinking I had to sing every lyric. And so that's how come on Broken Instrument there's a part two where I'm where I'm speaking uh, this narrative and I, I went and took that feedback and went and wrote poetry uh, um, for this song and, and since then I started doing poetry mm-hmm. as a part of my, my work um, and not just thinking that I have to sing everything. Um, and so that was because Jay-Z gave me that feedback. Well, that was valuable feedback because you got some bangers. Let's be very clear. Uh, <laughs> Broken Instrument is definitely one of my favorite songs. And just like in heaven, too, as well, I, I can see the elements of where you infuse that in that, too, as well. And it's a certified hit. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I do want to talk about the, the, the your project right now before I get you out of here. Um <laughs> This this seems like a well-rounded faith-based project. Like mm-hmm. when you went into the studio, was that your intention to kind of have like this? It's almost like a soundtrack, a cry out for like revival. That's what I feel when mm-hmm. I listen to this project. And you made music that. Well, listen, thank you for making an album. Like I can actually listen to your whole album from the start to the finish, and I think that's been mm-hmm. a lost element in our music because everybody puts a single out just wants to go viral with a single and they're happy with that but just walk us through this project and your thought process creative process and making it a full project yeah um you know most of this album was written during the pandemic and it was written in a time of, of darkness but a time of very close communion with the holy spirit and i found I found the light in his word. I found the light in his presence. And so I just wanted to take this precious communion, this precious fellowship that I was having with the Lord and put it in songs so that these songs would help me get back to that place of fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And so really it was for me at first. And then, yeah. And then the Lord started prompted me to get this these songs ready for other people because other people need these tools to get into 
the holy place to get into this state of communion and fellowship with the Holy Ghost. And so that's when I started to, you know, just think about production and think about, you know, what partners I'd like to have on the project as well and not just selfishly think that these songs are going to be for me uh, only. And so, um, and so really that's the origins of Glory Hour. It was definitely created to be an effective tool that helps people connect with the lover of their soul, you know, and actually have genuine moments of connection and, and fellowship with him. And even if you are only looking for music to have fun to, you know, this album can still meet that criteria like you can listen to it and have fun but your fun is still going to lead you into his presence and so that was that was the goal like hit him on all sides like value on every front listen you did it (laughs) we did it i want to salute you for all our listeners listening uh yes if you have not heard our latest project please go out and support it listen to it it is inspiration it is uplifting like it's amazing so and it's a different sound so i appreciate you um before i get you out of here you shared you you know you went you had a uh accident where your mouth was wired and and you know you had to seek god for a little bit but i I think it kind of plays into your first grammy what's the odds of you going through that experience and you got a chance to work with kanye west which we know he was in an accident and his mouth was wired too as well so walk us through and catch us up on how how did you connect and how did you meet kanye to even you know get your pen uh uh you, you know your songwriting credits for jesus is king yeah that was definitely a god connection um i i first met him at sunday service someone who i didn't even know uh i met this person through a mutual friend and then they there this person who i didn't know invited me to Sunday service and I was like sure I'd love to come and so I was there uh, and I was really moved by uh, the genuine nature of what was happening it wasn't just the show it was a genuine um, effort to worship God and to love God and and to come together as people in worship of Jesus and so when I saw that I was like this is earth shattering like this is uh, this is crazy and and honestly I wasn't necessarily a Kanye fan before that wasn't really my style of music but when I saw that at Sunday service I said okay I was born to be a part of something like this like wow (laughs) it just blew it just blew you away huh yeah I said I don't know I said this is like this is Jesus in the secular music industry, like on blast, like Main Street. Like I said, okay, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just go introduce myself and see where it goes. <laughs> so I, so I walk up to Ye and I introduce myself, and he's, he's kind. Uh, he's not trying to ne- necessarily just dismiss me, but he's also like, I'm busy right now. And then, and then I was like, okay, yeah, I understand. Maybe there's somebody on your team I could send the music to so you could hear. And then, um, and I was like, yeah, maybe I could send it to Robert Smith. And Robert Smith was the guy that invited me there who I didn't know. I assumed that Robert Smith was on Kanye's team. Mm. Uh, 
uh, but it, when I said Robert Smith, Kanye was like, oh, you know Robert Smith? I'm like, yeah, he's the one that invited me here. He's like, oh, well, are you going to be at his ranch? Um, I was like, oh, when's that? Uh, he's like, oh, it's like July 6th or 7th. This was like mid-June. So I was like, oh, well, I, I, I'll, I'll ask him about it. Hopefully I can, I can be there. And then when I looked at my calendar, I saw, oh man, these dates, July 6th and 7th, I'm already booked. So wherever the ranch is, I'm not going to be able to necessarily call Robert Smith and ask him to invite me. Um, So anyways, I kind of just, I gave him my best shot, but there was no way for me to make it happen. A couple days later, I come to find out that this event that I have on my calendar on July 6th and 7th is actually scheduled to be at a ranch and it was uh, it was booked uh, a corporation um booked me to um to come do this event at their at at this ranch and i later find out that this corporation is owned by this billionaire whose name is robert smith wow yes and i later find out that oh snap i am gonna be at the ranch this is rob this is Robert Smith's company that is on his ranch. Wow. On the same days that Kanye asked if I was going to be there and I'm actually going to be performing, not just be there. I'm going to be performing. I was already scheduled to perform. And that makes sense why Kanye knew. Uh, y'all, wow, you know Robert Smith because he's a billionaire. So, <laughs> yeah, billionaires know each other. That's fun. Wow, exactly. God, God but- just bless you. God bless you. <laughs> exactly. But I didn't know. I didn't right. know the billionaire Robert Smith. This just happened that this guy who invited me, who I didn't know in the first place, oh, that was God. The same name. As- no, that that was God. We That's we gonna claim we gonna claim that by faith. That was God. That was divine. It was supposed <laughs> to happen that way. You knew the. <laughs> You knew of Robert Smith, and that was all you needed to know. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's an amazing story. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, Before I get you out of here, um, what's that one thing, you know, you would share with your listeners and inspiring artists who wants to get into this industry? What would you share to them and then tell them, you know, if you really want to do this, you know, you need to have this? Yeah. um, So a lot of times people are chasing a mirage they think mm-hmm. that um you know okay i want to be an artist i want to be a successful artist and then it's many people that become artists and then they become what is thought of to be successful <clears throat> they still they get there and it's like oh this was not worth my life or mm-hmm. they're in this perpetual cycle of having to chase things um because once they get there then it's just not what they thought. And so they they just have to keep chasing things. And so w- what I try to let people know is that, you know, if you're going to be, first of all, if you're going to be a slave, be a slave for Christ. You know, you know, because the kind of work, the kind of effort, the kind, and then nonstop day after day, like if you're going to do all that, do it for a cause that will count eternally because you could do all of this, spend all this time, all this effort, all this money, all this risk. And, and for what, like at the end of the day, you going to die. Like we all going to die and God will be like, okay, 
What did you do? And how does any of what you did benefit eternity? That's good. You know, and so like, it's really important to have a relationship with God and to prioritize him above chasing all these other things, fame, money, you know, popularity, notoriety, like pursue God above all these things. That way you can rightly, you can make decisions from a place of being seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And this is some, these are things you're doing from overflow. You're doing from a divine assignment, divine mandate versus these are things you're doing to become somebody or to make it in life, to be successful or, you know, and because they're never going to, these things are never going to fulfill you. And then when you, when you do it from a place of being deeply connected with God, now you have authority when you sing. Now you have anointing. Now you have, you know, and so that will set you apart hands down. And one thing that I've learned because I do a lot of my work in the secular industry is that the most scarce thing in the world is is the tangible presence of God. Mm. They, they in the secular space. I mean, and when you're in church, yeah, that's normal. But when you go out here in the world, some of these people ain't never been in His presence, and it's just it's they it's so foreign. They think it's my voice. They think, oh my gosh, the best singer in the world. I mean, sure, I have a great voice, but I know for a fact. Some of the stuff that people feel in some of the most powerful rooms in the world is because of the presence of God is the highest spiritual power in all the world. And once and you can you can only taste him through Jesus Christ and half most of these people in this room do not have any access to God through Jesus. And so that automatically puts me in a place where I am the most positioned to bring, to take people into this this rare space of God of, of God's presence, and and so you can only do that if you truly are rooted and grounded in Christ first, and you have this event, you you have this deep connection with Him, so that so that then when you sing, it's it's not to become like other people it's not to it's like you're you're singing from a place of already being successful and you're singing to share christ with others even if they are more famous than you even if they have more money than you you're still in the superior position because you have the highest form of spiritual power that could ever exist in all of mankind and so and they don't you know so that's just some advice you know, really, you, you got to prioritize the things of God and not in a light way, but in a very serious, committed way. Thank you for sharing that, sis. That's powerful, powerful words. Listen, uh, we definitely appreciate your time. Can you tell the people how they can connect with you, follow you on all your social media platforms? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can follow me at Victory Boyd um, on all social media platforms. If you look up Glory Hour by Victory, you'll be able to find my my new album. Check it out. Keep it locked. You're tuned into The Fix. You know The Fix is in. Holy Culture Radio is operated by the CoreLink Solution, a 501c ministry dedicated to empowering people to reach their potential. If you feel led to contribute to this mission, 
visit www.holyculture.net slash donations. DJ Focus, Dice Gamble. You tap back into the fix. Your source of faith infused hip-hop, R&B, and poetry. And uh, that's it for today. We uh we had a real one today, Dice. Uh, when I tell you that interview with Victory was uh, off the hook, uh, she is doing powerful things. Mm-hmm. When you talk about being able to be on one, she's on Rock Nation. So we know just being yeah. able to have a faith-based artist on a platform like that just speaks just mm-hmm. wonders her project that she has out right now um the the glory hour it's different it is jazz mm-hmm. it is soul it's hip-hop it's funk it's infused with a little bit of everything and it's totally different from um the new dawn uh project she put out back in uh 2017 mm-hmm. the victory um she, she she's a different artist she comes from a a very strong music live uh, uh, musician family. Um, mm. Everybody knows her dad, John Boyd. Um, he was one of uh, Detroit's uh, biggest uh, jazz musicians. He also sang uh, in the Boys and Girls uh, Detroit Choir or assembled the Boys and Girls uh, Detroit Choir. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, she comes from a family and she's one of nine. Let's be very clear. So she comes from a very large family and all a lot of the family members are musicians and they do good music. So, yeah, shouts out to her. Like I said, that uh, stellar award performance was off the hook. I think she she reminds me of that like um, that India Irie, Erica mm. Badu-ish type vibe. And I, I like that because we need to have a mixture of everything over here when you talk about how the gospel is presented because she can do these live performances. Mm-hmm. Shouts out to her. She just came off a tour. So yeah. she did just do some tours. And uh, she's, she has that unplugged live in, in performance that everybody like, yeah, this is cool. Like, yeah, you know, people want to come out and see this and experience it. So if you haven't been to uh, mm-hmm. one of her shows, if she's coming to a city near you, I, I, I highly recommend you going out and uh, supporting her and uh, mm. listen, letting God, you know, really show up and show out because a lot of her songs, they are ministering the gospel on a different level. So uh, shouts out to her. Oh, my goodness. It's time for uh, it's time for that prayer dice that the power mm. of a praying woman dice. I just feel like, you know, you went in today. <laughs> All right. I do, no, I, I, I think I went. I think I went in enough today. Like honestly, I think these listeners. I know they probably like sick of me. I mean, I think I, I have a feeling like when I start meeting people, they're gonna be like, "He's just sick of you." They not. <laughs> like, why are you they're always trying to uh, force? Uh, you know, this stuff down my throat. But I just want to say, like, to all the women who are out there, God does hear women in prayer. I know some of these ministries out here have kind of said that hey maybe you're not welcome here or maybe god doesn't hear you here but as the first teacher of everybody who's on this planet earth for 40 weeks i just want to say that god does trust you uh to be able to pray over people i mean eve prayed uh sarah prayed i mean we can go down a list uh rahab uh, i mean it just don't stop priscilla lydia i would encourage each and every one of you to listen to the fervent prayers of the women of the bible and uh, definitely begin to cultivate your own prayer language uh, between you and the father we talk about all the time on the show focus like meditation and prayer is number one that's what god is saying seek me early um you know and, and pray all day through all things so i just i don't know women i think i think we could be cared for a little bit more when it comes to prayer um and just i don't know man just I think all women need to know your prayers are okay and the things that you pray for are okay and they will be different than the things that men pray for. Um, 
Because sometimes, you know, women pray for things and we think that they're simple things, but women are challenged very differently uh, than men focus. I'm just being honest, like even trying to get through a day, whether you're just trying to force your way through dealing with headaches, dealing with cramps, dealing with children, dealing with how to deal with your husband, how to deal you know, with, with unwanted advancements at work. Our prayers sometimes to God are very different than male prayer, but it doesn't make it any less powerful or needed or anointed. So, um, you know. I just want to be honest, like, hey, whatever you believe in God for, pray for, um, trust me. Just like Sarah, I would say she had faith and through prayer, she was able to conceive. And I'll just say whatever you believe in God for, whatever blessing or whether it's a child or whether it's a business or whether it's a new idea. I think you need to, you know, stay in touch with God because he loves to hear our voice, first of all. Uh, but women matter. So I'm I'm happy about the show today. No, I ain't about to go do no fervent prayer on these people on Thursday. We do this all week. But if I do see you, I give you this much. If I see you at the battle on Friday, or if I see you on Sunday and you need prayer, trust me, we can just uh, take a moment and I'll pray with you. Absolutely. 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 Yeah. We always got time for prayer. Always. We got to get out of here. As always, go out and be great today, kings and queens. Remember mm. to stay focused on turning your negative into a positive. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ is always the answer. Kingdom advancement should always be your goal. Yeah. The fix is in, and we out. Peace, y'all.